0: Hey San Diego, if you want to know where the market is now and where it might be headed, Pure Financial Advisors is now hosting a free monthly Lunch & Learn session on the last Thursday of every month at their office right in Mission Valley. Director of Research Brian Perry CFP will explain what the data is telling us about the health of the economy and which details you should pay attention to, and lunch is included. Space is limited and these events usually sell out, so visit purefinancial.com lunch or call 888-994-6257 to reserve your spot for the free monthly Lunch & Learn on the last Thursday of the month, presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Call 888-994-6257 or visit purefinancial.com slash lunch. Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe and Big Al weigh in on 10 retirement resolutions experts say you should be making for 2018. We'll learn some of the new opportunities, challenges, and potential tricks coming out of President Donald Trump's new tax law. We'll find out the secrets to Big Al's big wallet and how Joe is unwillingly helping his boy Mikey cut expenses. And we'll hear one of the rare instances when the fellows kind of butcher the answer to an estate planning question as well as butchering the names of some of the most highly respected financial minds in the world now with some pretty impressive financial minds of their own but their mouths just need to catch up here are joe anderson cfp and big al clopine cpa
1: got a lot of things to discuss today some good some probably boring some exciting just a whole mixed bag of goodies so you're are you, you're stepping out on a limb to think that some of our show's exciting? Well, I don't know. You said you had some weird trust that we could shelter taxes forever. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, that's I
2: exciting. I don't know if that's exciting, but I mean I I will like it. <laughs> I don't know if our listeners will. Or, or you. Yeah, probably I mean I not. think the the main thing is I have to keep you entertained. Yeah, that is true. And then because if that I happens, fall asleep fairly quickly maybe, during maybe our listeners might like it too. I don't <laughs> know. Um,
1: a few things. We have a bunch of emails. Maybe we jump into that just to get the show off. Okay. Rocking. All right. Good. And a few other things too. Um, a lot of questions in regards to social security, um, and still the Social Security Administration.
2: God bless them, but there needs to be some training. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about the Social Security agents. Now they're probably they're probably listening. Oh, towards, yeah, yeah, because they're getting tuned up. They've got to figure out the, the rules. Because first segment, we're going to go over Social
1: Security. Well, here's the problem is that I met with a nice couple, um, hypothetically, earlier this week. You have a lot of hypothetical well, meetings. Th- yes, we, it's all make-believe, <laughs> Alan. It's, I don't really do anything all day. <laughs> I you dream, about, dream meetings. about meetings. dream about meetings. Yes, I just dream about you it. Or, yes.
2: you may or may not have. Yeah, I meditate and, about and them. You, somehow you get very specific in these hypothetical <laughs> meetings. Yes, <laughs>
1: This nice couple yeah. uh, came in and both 64 years of age. He turned 65, I believe, this month. She just retired, right? Okay. And we were going through, um, you know, some of the different strategies and in creating income. And he's like, well, she just started claiming her social security benefit. So she was a special ed teacher. Um, part-time and so her social security benefit wasn't that great okay um, compared to his right he fully maxed his out so his benefit was 2800 bucks a month at full retirement age and hers
2: was i don't know six hundred dollars okay something much lower yes yes hypothetically yeah. of course it's pretty specific for a <laughs> hypothetical meeting <laughs> and, <laughs> and i see you don't even have any notes It's is right <laughs> out of your head that's pretty good yeah you really go in deep but, yes i do meetings. it's deep thought <laughs> with joe anderson <laughs>
1: And well, the problem is, is that they went to the Social Security Administration twice. They said, okay, and so she took her benefit at sixty-four. And the reasoning behind that was like, well, it's six hundred bucks, but it's reduced, so it's five hundred some odd dollars because if you don't, if you, you get a reduction in benefit if you don't take it at full retirement age, right? And so it's like, all right, well, let's take the benefit, and then when she turns full retirement age, then she would switch over to the um, spousal benefit, because right. at that point, he would claim his benefit. Right. And so that was the advice that they received. And I said, yeah, that's fine, but you will rec- you're will you going to have a reduced spousal benefit. And he's like, no, I'm not. And I, I love that, don't you? Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, okay. Like, I've been doing this 20 years. It's
2: like, Joe, obviously you don't know what you're talking obviously
1: about. Obviously, I'm a complete <laughs> imbecile. <laughs> And so I was like, well, no, this is how it works, is that you could claim your own benefit, but the spousal benefit doesn't come into play until the other spouse claims their benefit. And so what a spousal benefit is, for those of you that don't know, is that with Social Security, you can claim your benefit or half of your spouse's benefit, whichever is higher. And to be really technical, you actually receive both of those benefits. You, you receive your own benefit, and then Social Security shores you up to get to half of
2: um, the spouse's benefit. All right, so you're an example. So she would get $500 on her benefit, and let's just say half of his is 1500 4, Yeah, 1500 right? So then she can get an extra 1000 for the spousal, but that's how the 1500 would be calculated. You
1: got it. Got it. So when she claims her own benefit early... She's going to receive a reduction in benefit. Okay. Right? Yeah. And so it doesn't automatically just switch to the spousal and say, all right, I'm going to receive half of your benefit. Right. Right. So it's going to be a reduced benefit. You're not going to get a a total 50%. It's going to be something less than that because she claimed her own benefit early. Got it. Okay. And so they went round and round. And they are like, yeah. And then finally it kind of clicked. He goes, yeah, that does make sense because why wouldn't everyone do that? I yeah. go, yeah, exactly. That right. would just be free money and that, that would even blow up the system even more. Right. Right? Sure. And so, you know, that that's just one small example is that when, when it comes to spousal benefits, survivor benefits, when you claim, right? And then sometimes it's like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to wait to claim the spousal benefit because if I have my own benefit and if I wait From my full retirement age to age 70, I get an 8% delayed retirement credit. That does not hold true to the spousal benefit. You're only going to receive 50% or something less than that, depending on when you claim your benefit. Got it. Depending on when you claim. Right. So if I wait till age seventy to claim a spousal benefit, I'm only going to receive fifty percent of my spouse's benefit.
2: So I might as well have taken it at sixty six. You have, if, yeah. Doesn't make any sense not to take it at full retirement age. But your spouse has to be taking it. Your spouse right. has to be
1: claiming the benefit.
2: Yeah. So that's so if your let, let's say your spouse is with the higher Social Security is younger, then you still have to wait. You still have to wait. Right. You still have yeah. to wait. Right. But let's say your spouse is older, there's no reason as a sp- if you want to take the spousal benefit, you would take it at 66, full retirement age. You got it. Not later. Right, not later.
1: You can take it earlier, just know that you will receive it, it's, a reduction benefit. a reduced in benefit.
2: benefit. Right. And that's a reduced benefit forever.
1: Forever. It's a permanent yeah. uh, reduction, permanent haircut on your benefit forever.
2: Yeah, and it turns out
1: forever is a pretty long time. It is. It yeah. depends. <laughs> it seems. <laughs> So, all right. And then, so we get a few um, emails. We get a lot of emails, uh, questions from yeah. the listeners. And this is from Mark. And so his question was in regards to Social Security. He goes, I heard it might be better to start taking Social Security at 62 because you will not receive full Social Security dollars if your income is too high. So take what you can early. Is that true? Well, Mark, t- that's the opposite. That's the problem with Social Security.
2: It doesn't make any sense. Right? Yeah, it's not true. I think he's mixing up a couple of things. He's mixing up all yeah. sorts of different so, things. So I think he's well. First of all, your benefit—the longer you wait, the higher the benefit. But there is a rule, Joe, that if you're if you're uh, younger than full retirement age and you make too much money, they don't let you keep the full amount. And I think that's what he's mixing up, oh. n- mixing this up with.
1: Yeah, and th- what you keep, um, that's kind of a strong word, too, because we say that and then people think like Social Security's stealing it from them. Yeah,
2: it just, it just recalculates your benefit later as if you didn't receive it. You got but, it. But the truth is, it's it's roughly $17,000 if you have earned income, salary income higher than that, then you're not going to be able to um, currently keep. You, you go along with that? Right. Current, every, current, yeah, every current, $2 that you earn over that dollar figure, they take a dollar back, back. from the benefit. Right. And then they put it back in the pool, so you'll still get the benefit of, of waiting for that per se. But so there so there's that rule. But that, that has nothing to do with how your benefit's calculated. You you can take it as early as sixty two and as late as seventy, and the longer you wait, the higher your benefit will be.
1: Right. And they'll never reduce the benefit. The, they calculated on thirty five years of earnings, right? And so it's like, all right, well, what's the highest
2: thirty five years? And it's not the average. Like, let's say you worked part time the last few years; it's your highest thirty five years. So go for it. Work part time; it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt you. So if he wants to take it as soon as he can get it, sure, you are going to receive a twenty
1: five percent permanent haircut for life right but you get it early you get it at 62 versus 66
2: right. right now on the other hand at full retirement age 66 if you take social security you can make any amount that you want and you and you can keep your full social security that's where it gets a little confusing right
1: and let's say if i'm continue to work when i'm full retirement yes and i'm making a lot of money more money than i've ever have right they're going to recalculate your benefit every year So maybe one year you had $40,000 of earnings. Now I'm 68. And I am making two hundred thousand dollars. Well, they're going to drop the forty thousand dollars and plug in that one. Right. And so next year, when you get your Social Security check, it's going to increase B- based, based on those thirty five year the average
2: thirty five year. Ca- so it's a rolling total. You got it. And, when, and I suppose if you're seventy five and making a bunch of money, does it matter? You could still keep increasing your benefit. You can potentially.
1: still yes, you can still increase your benefit. So maybe um, I worked part time. I didn't have a f- um, high income. From my 30s to my 50s, right, right, and then from 50 to 70, right. Then I started making a lot of money. They're still going to take the highest 35 years. Got it. Okay. So there's a lot to this, you know. So it, it, the biggest reason, you know, that I think we get a lot of these questions in regards to Social Security is that, you know, people don't necessarily want to run out of money, right? They want to have a fixed income stream that they can count on in retirement.
0: Do you know how you'll be able to maintain your current lifestyle in retirement or how you're going to handle the skyrocketing cost of healthcare, which could wipe out your entire life savings? You're not alone. Anyone retiring today worries about the exact same things. Just like we've helped hundreds of people retire successfully throughout Southern California, we can help you too. Get the answers you need with our customized retirement assessment. Your initial analysis won't cost you a dime, so you've got nothing to lose. What you learn could change everything. If you're recently retired or retiring in the next few years, give us a call to get your customized analysis right now at 888-994-6257. That's 888-994-6257. The sooner you get started, the better off you'll be. Call 888-994-6257. That's 888-994-6257. Time now for Big Al's List. Every week, Big Al Clopine scours the media to find the best tips, do's and don'ts, mistakes, myths, and advice to improve your overall financial picture in handy bullet point format. This week, 10 retirement resolutions according to the experts.
2: Time for On My List, yes. and, and this is uh, maybe a little bit thought-provoking today, but, oh. and I know we're mid-January, so maybe you should already have already done this, but I'd say it's never too late. It's never too late to plan out your year, and we're still early on in the year. So, Joe, would you like to know what these 10 are? I would love to. <laughs> the first one is to, this is a suggestion from experts, and you can agree, disagree, comment, sure. not comment, okay. depending upon what you want to do. All right. The first one is to play mind games.
1: Oh, I do that all the time.
2: That's <laughs> you, why I'm single. You have these hypothetical <laughs> meetings all the time. <laughs> With the latest Star Wars film, Fresh in Mind, oh, um, yeah. uh, the, uh, this author is channeling her inner Jedi. She's using tricks from the world of behavior economics to improve financial habits. Trick your mind into being more money savvy by doing simple things. And I'll give you some examples. As she says... Including paying cash, whenever possible, because it makes us feel the loss of money more acutely, and I do believe that's true without question. If you, I
1: mean, that's if, why Vegas has <laughs> chips. You're right, because <laughs> it it feel, it doesn't it's feel a like chip. real money. It's like what the hell is this? You know, if it's like a, a stack of Hundies, you yeah. know, there's
2: no way. Yeah, I mean, if you if you go to the grocery store with a with a wad of twenty dollar bills and you go to Costco and it's three hundred forty dollars, that's painful. You're counting you, those out. If you yeah, if you give me you a, only have ones though. Yeah, <laughs> three hundred fifty <laughs> ones. Right. Uh, that's why I have a big wallet, by the way. I've Got a lot of ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, yeah. Uh, or if you whip out your debit card or your credit card, doesn't it's not as painful. You can't, can't, can't get past my ones. Do you want to know another trick? My trick? Oh, please. Okay. Please. Re- reframe. Please don't whip it out at me. <laughs> oh, only you, your mind would go there. Can you see what I'm dealing with here for the last decade? This is supposed to be a professional show.
1: It's totally professional. I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about.
2: Another trick. Reframe your thoughts on spending by calculating... How many hours or days you need to work to afford whatever you're thinking of buying? I guess if it's like, if it's going to take you 20 days to buy this uh, Chewbacca match. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> or maybe you want the full suit this time. <laughs> you want the full suit <laughs> and a crossbow. <laughs> I, think, I know you have Darth Vader, but I, see, I think oh. you're more of a Chewbacca. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I am six. Five.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, and you've got you've yeah, got I got Stormtrooper you, masks and, you, and uh, you've got you've got Michael ridiculous. Jackson moves. I think Chewbacca <laughs> yeah, would be going to be great. <laughs> yeah, so
1: anyway. No, uh, but that that's really cool advice. It's like uh, all right, well, <laughs> I'm going to go to the, get the Chewbacca outfit. <laughs> and, How much is it? 4 grand. Holy oh, bucket. That's going to take me 3 years. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I won't buy oh, that. Yeah, one. so old. <laughs> Yeah, let's do it on layaway. layaway. 50 cents a month. (laughs) Okay, second one is Cut the Cord. All right. And this is um, CEO and President of Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies, Catherine Collinson. She's cutting the cord on cable television in 2018. It's part of the personal tradition of setting savings goals each January, tracking the progress. The minimum savings rate I strive for now is 20%. So I go through my expenses from the previous year and I look really look at things that I don't need. And re- cable, for example, what we have a thousand channels. I mean, how many channels do you really right. watch?
1: Well, so you know, uh, best buddy Mikey Martin. Yeah. So he goes, well, "Yep, I cut out cable," and I said, "Well, that's great, you know." But here's what he does: he comes Is to your that, house. No, yeah. Or no, <laughs> I, I I don't watch a lot of TV. Yeah. Right. And um. But I have HBO Go.
2: Okay. Oh, so he watches. Yeah. On his so phone. he
1: steals my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm on the. Um, so I'm paying for his entertainment. So, oh, look at me! I don't want. You know, I, I cut cable out and this yeah. and that.
2: And I was like, "Well, well stop stealing! <laughs> stop stealing from me!" So maybe, maybe it should say, "Cut the cord," and and piggyback on Joe Anderson's plan. <laughs> yeah, right. That would be the. Yeah. You the want advice. my Netflix?
1: Whatever you need. <laughs> <laughs> we.
2: Uh, I, I have a Netflix account and it was it was a two person and uh and so Anne got into Grey's Anatomy. I think she watched every episode for a decade. All right. And uh and both and I don't really watch Netflix that much, but uh anyway, so she was like every night watching an episode on her little iPad in bed. I'm trying to go to bed. I, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> Do, you doc, got hooked. Doctor McDreamy. Doctor McD- <laughs> Yes, I knew that. that that was coming out,
1: I knew it. Having She's so dreams hot.
2: about Dr. McDreamy. That's what I heard as I fell asleep. Anyway, um and then like both kids would be on and she'd get kicked off and she'd have to text him and say, What will one of you please get off so I can watch McDreamy? Oh really?
1: That's what happened?
2: Yeah. So anyway, that. I went to a four person plan. Oh, there you go. So now uh now Anne and I have one. I've got one for each kid and I actually Believe it or not, now I have my parents on as well. So I got then, I got them Roku for Christmas. You, you probably, probably don't know what that is.
1: I think it's a device that you can plug in. To and get, your t-
2: look to at get, you. To get, well, my mother Techno.
1: has Roku.
2: Oh, she does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you, you plug it into the back of your TV. It needs a U.S. port, a drive, I guess, or U.S. socket, whatever, USB socket, whatever. And then you can watch Netflix or other Things, HBO Go. Yeah. I, just, I need to get your password. So yeah, I, can... I don't even know what it is. Ask Mikey Martin. <laughs> he would know. <laughs> uh, here's the third one. Redirect a payment. Uh, with their youngest child heading into first semester of college, retirement consultant Marcia Mantell and her husband Dan are resolving to save the equivalent of those college tuition expenses in their retirement accounts. How about that? So you're used to paying for the college tuition, don't increase your lifestyle. Just send all that money to your retirement account. And I actually think that's a great idea. Right. Well, that's easier said than done. It is because all of a sudden it's like, because you've been putting off things for years and finally Finally. we can go on this vacation. (laughs) Oh,
1: I can breathe. I'm not stressing. There's a a couple bucks in the checking account. And I'm going to
2: tell Ann, no, Ann, Uh, Marcia Mantel <laughs> said we have to send that to, <laughs> to re- retirement. Yes, send we, that to fidelity. We can't go to Africa after all. Yes. Nope. Yeah. Uh. So you're right. That's, that's a good one, but sometimes easier said than done. Be more strategic about charity. So a financial mm-hmm. advisor's waiving uh, some of his advisory fees on assets pegged for clients' charitable causes. How about that? And it's helping clients think more strategically about their donor-advised funds. And donor-advised funds, that really is a great strategy. And if you've never heard of what a donor-advised fund is, it's an account you can set up at a brokerage firm like Schwab or TD Ameritrade or Fidelity, for example. And you put money, or you, or you put stocks, directly put stocks into this account. And when it goes into this account, you get a tax deduction as a charitable contribution, and then you've got this account that you can manage and do whatever you want to. Of course, it has to go to charity at some point, but the point is you get the charitable deduction today, and you get to divvy it out to charities of your choice in the future as as you see fit. And that works really nicely if you're in a real high tax bracket, and you know that you want to give to charity over your lifetime anyway, but you just kind of time your charitable deductions with the year you're in a higher tax bracket
1: so he's not charging fees on his donor
2: advice funds and so that's yes. saving them money yeah well, right
1: but, well a lot of our donor advice funds we don't charge fees on uh, yeah donors.
2: same well we could have said this is us but <laughs> anyway just yeah so we're we're right in there with uh, jonathan guyton all right johnny yeah a veteran financial advisor what makes someone a veteran financial advisor but uh, well, I would. Is there, s- is there like a, a guideline definition here? Definition guideline. When I hear veteran, I'm gonna I'm gonna think twenty years. I'm gonna think a thirty years. Yeah, plus, maybe. Right. Veteran sounds like an old dude. Yes. So. Or an old lady. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, would would you say you're a veteran? No. I, I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could. You're definitely a veteran. <laughs> I'm not.
1: I got almost twenty, but
2: I don't. I'm, I got uh, my working career started in 1980. Yeah, you're, so compute that eighties, nineties, two thousands, what 37, oh, 38 years. Jeez, yeah, that's I, that's definitely bad. I, I, I have I am I to the point where I'm forgetting more than I'm. I'm yes, learning? Yes,
1: most definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going down. <downhill. laughs> yes, totally. Yes. We got to get that study out. Once you reach a certain age.
2: <laughs> Your is financial my, acumen is just kind of blows up. Is my radio work less intelligible than it was a decade ago? Intelligible. That's yeah, a, that's pretty impressive. Is I, that a I'm real tra- world? I'm trying to demonstrate, <laughs> yes. I still got yeah. it. <laughs>
0: For even more useful information from veteran financial advisors, visit the Learning Center at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to access white papers, articles, webinars, and hundreds of video clips. We've got a free retirement readiness guide to help you create income to last a lifetime, control your taxes, and make the most of your retirement investing strategy. We've got a Q&A blog post on cryptocurrency for beginners. There's a new video on making better investment decisions using expected value. It is a veritable treasure trove of information just waiting for you at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. If you need more help, you can always email us at info at or pick up the phone and call 888-994-6257. That's 888-994-6257.
2: Well, Joe, I'm, I'm going over the, uh, the 10 retirement resolutions, according to experts to make in 2018. We got through four of them. The fifth one is, uh, and I think you might agree with this, avoid Bitcoin. 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 Avoid it? Yeah, avoid it.
0: All
1: right.
2: Yeah, this what do is, you think? You are
1: you avoiding Bitcoin? I, I am, yes, because it's, it's scary. A, it's
2: a, the it's like the unknown. It seems like a bubble. <laughs> oh god! Even Warren Buffett says avoid it. <clears throat> well, I don't know.
1: I think that I, I'm not sure about Bitcoin, but the blockchain is definitely the future.
2: Oh, I agree with that. Right. Yeah, and, and so and I
1: don't know if people
2: really understand the difference between the blockchain and Bitcoin. I'd, and I'd say eighty the... percent of the people have no idea what blockchain is, right? Including me until I looked it up a couple of months ago.
1: <laughs> blockchain is what? <laughs> yeah,
2: I know. So it's uh, here's my rudimentary uh, understanding: is blockchain is it's it's a, an ability to record transactions that is that is permanent.
1: It's just a ledger.
2: It's a ledger, right? Yeah. And so. Uh, there, it's it could potentially transform the way we do business. For example, like in real estate, we have title insurance companies that we pay them to make to sure that money. the title is right. Well, with with blockchain, it's always right because it's always there, right. and there's no way to defraud it because it, it is what it is. We'll have a, a blockchain
1: Bitcoin expert. <laughs> yeah, because because <laughs> we're we're not very good at this. But I don't, you know, I. Well, I'm younger than, than than you, Big Al. Yeah. So I have a little bit. Yeah, you I, have I, some money in Bitcoin. No, I do not have any money in Bitcoin. Well, there but you I'm go. I'm not a. Fr- I mean, it's not like avoid it at all costs. I didn't say that.
2: I, well, that's what the, didn't that's what's it. Said, the, well, it said it just says avoid it. Oh, no, I I put in at all costs. And he's. <laughs> he's <laughs> but this guy's advice I don't agree with. You want me to read it? Yeah, please, Professor. Oh boy. <laughs> Mosh Milvinsky.
1: Oh yeah, Mosh Mosh Moshi <laughs> yes. Mil- Milvinsky. You know him? Yeah, he's up in Canada. He's a he did. Yeah, I know yeah. who he is. He, okay. he does a bunch of stuff on okay.
2: annuities. He's written ex- extensively about annuities. Ah, look at see? that. See? Yeah, he's urging savers to take some stock mar- market profits from recent years and put them in annuities. Yeah, and get and pay income for life in 2018. Stay away from Bitcoin. Ethereum and other cryptocurrencies, he says.
1: Yeah, well, I think you don't want to go all in and say, you know, I got a couple hundred thousand bucks. Let's put a hundred, <laughs> couple hundred in Bitcoin.
2: You might double your money, or you might. You probably it, will in three days. Cut it in half too. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem.
1: So it's um, it's it's different. It's new, um, and you know what I mean with something that volatile, right? Right. It's like the more volatile something is, it's like the more headlines and press something receives.
2: Right, and then you get, you know, the weirdos on on all sides of the spectrum. Yeah, but doesn't that sort of remind you of the the tech bubble, the internet, and all that frenzy of the late '90s? Do you still not use the internet? <laughs> no, but but so there was some. There, there was, there was some. I'll put it this way, in my layman's terms, the the tech tech companies in the late '90s got way overblown. Or, yeah, in if, terms you had of do, if you had .dot com at the yes. end of your name, then all, you had, all of a sudden you had a ten, you had huge valuation. Huge valuations with zero profit. Now, now in in my this is just my prediction okay. for what it's worth. Oh boy, Al's I was doing a prediction. I think the Bitcoin will settle down into probably a reasonable currency or. Whether if it's it, not it might that, not even be Bitcoin. It, it'd be something else. Something else. But I think the concept is fine, and I think it will settle into a currency that's stable. But right now, it's not very. It's stable. It's a
1: speculation. Is yes. all that is, and that's fine if you want to speculate. It's same with gold. It's a. It's it's right. The, yeah. There's gold doesn't turn into more gold. Right. It's just the ability of someone else's um, perception of what they want to purchase that metaphor, right and the same thing is going on with bitcoin right now is that some are true believers that this is the future or bitcoin is the future and so that's why you know there's a lot of people that are bidding up that price right on the other side they're saying i don't know and i think well i just wait and see i guess i'm interested to see what happens
2: okay number six is uh spend more spend more spend more this Wow. Is- most retirement books and articles boil down to spending less, save more. But uh, here's a retire retired physician that resolves to do the opposite. Yes, because he's a physician. <laughs> God, that's why you saved. They're going to take big foreign trips. And... Of
1: course you are, because you're a physician.
2: <laughs> are you saying the factory
1: worker? You no, know, my father was a cabinet maker. If my mom was a secretary. No, yeah. they can't. Sp- sp- no, don't spend more.
2: So, if you're a physician, yes, why?
1: I'm a small business owner. And I you sold save. my
2: business for 20 million. You can spend more. You spend a little bit more. So, there's a caveat. Yes,
1: the, 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 <laughs> so stupid.
2: <laughs> Number seven is take smaller steps. All right. Um, so, here's a financial planner who's tired of unkept resolutions. So, she's urging her clients to think about smaller goals. Because if you it, if, if you never work out, it's unrealistic to set a New Year's resolution to go to the gym every day. True. Right. And uh, by the, the same token, she's urging her clients. To the find... gym's
1: already died out.
2: Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Two weeks in. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's urging her clients to find a hundred bucks a month in their current spending to, to save and boost their four hundred and one k accounts by one percent. You know what the best advice I've ever heard from a guest on our show
1: when it comes to like slowly you know a, a gradual savings. Yeah. Was that one what one, one um guy that I don't know like he f- was fully retired at 34 cuz he saved 80% of yeah, his income. Yeah, right, right. Yep. And what what did he say? It was something to the effect of each month increase your savings by 1%. Yeah,
2: that's what he did. Right? N- not not 1% a year. 1%, 1%, per, 1% per month. A month. Yeah.
1: And it's like, all right, well, here I'm saving X, and then next month I'm saving one percent more. Next month I'm saving one percent more, and then Al and I were like, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. That's great. And then the next month I
2: was like, Al, hey, remember that guy? Are you, are you, you, saving, are you doing that? Have you, are you started 1% that yet? Oh, <laughs> no, we'll yeah. start that next year. Yeah, I'm twenty years in. I'm saving a thousand percent of my income.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you gradually do it, I think. I mean, because yeah. that's a, those are small steps, but by the end of the year, you're saving 12% more, and that's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I actually think that there's this is pretty profound, at least in my view. This is one of the most important things you can realize when it comes to... Preparing for your retirement is if you, you take small steps when you're younger. You take and when you're middle age, when you're older, you keep taking small steps, and it's the collection of small steps that makes a big, big difference. Right,
1: it's just one step at a time. Man. Right.
2: Yep. Exactly right. Here's another one. Speak up at work. Yes. Speak- Not at Pure Financial though. <laughs> here's a, <laughs> here's a, a person that suggests workers communicate their desire for a long career path. If they let it know, be known that they want to work well into their sixties, they ap- improve their attractiveness to their employer. Agree Versus,
1: hey, I want to punch in two
2: years yeah. to find another job. <laughs> that goes pretty well. Yeah, right. the interview process. Well, you know, I'm, thinking, re- uh, I'm I want to try this for six months, and and if I like it, I might stay for a year. Yeah, yeah. Just really looking for you know to bridge the gap a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure I'm going to get inheritance in about eight or nine months. So. Right, yeah. That's what, the, that's what the trustee said anyway. So I, I, I need something to tide Just me over. Just
1: something, you know, I'm pretty bored. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? You know, can I be CEO of the company? Yeah, you know, little... and I would like $200,000. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, that seems like common sense. Here's the ninth one. Get a housing game plan.
1: Get a housing game plan. All right. Yeah.
2: So uh, here's a here's a lady that's uh, planning to downsize sooner rather than later. I guess if if housing is one of your biggest assets and you're going to need to downsize, why wait to retirement? Go ahead and do it sooner rather than later. That's that's what she's advising, and and that might be good advice, Joe, because a lot of times people retire they stop working, they sort of lose their social network, and then they downsize, and they they lose their neighborhood network too, and so the whole thing is brand new. Right. Now, some people can handle that, but for others, it, it makes it a very difficult transition in yeah. retirement.
1: Yeah, I'm heading up uh, to Minnesota to close on Ruthie's home here. So uh, what, next weekend, huh? Couple of weeks, couple yeah. Of weeks. Yeah. and It took her forever, right? Yes. Yeah. The old man dies. And then so she's like, oh, can't do anything for two years. I read that in a Dear Abby um, article. So she stayed in the house for, t- you know, then two years turned to four years. Right. And then four right. years turns to five and everything. And then finally, when I went home this summer, I was like, mom, you know, all the neighbors are gone or dead. You don't have any friends around here. Let's, you know, let's
2: figure something out. Right. So. and the And the last one, Joe, number 10 forget retirement forget about it forget about it michael unless Kitt- you're a physician michael would <laughs> spend a lot more money michael michael kitsis oh okay now, mikey we've had him on our show before sure. Uh, he's trying to forget the word retirement. It's because retirement implies that you're supposed to literally retire and not be engaged in any kind of work, he said. Most people actually enjoy being engaged in some way. Instead of think of your coming transition as financial independence, independence, the ability to choose whatever you want to do to stay active, regardless of any need for income. So I don't retire in the old sense of the rocking chair on the porch. Right. It's uh, retire to something that keeps you active, whether it's working, whether it's volunteering. What is that? So what's his term, financial independence? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, think of your coming transition as financial independence, comma, the ability to choose whatever you want to do to stay active regardless of any need for income. Yeah, now that implies that you've saved enough to be able to do that. True. Yes, like you're a physician <laughs> <laughs> that can spend more, right? Uh. Assuming that, I think that's true. I think uh, I think we we're very clear on this now that retirement should be active. That's what keeps you young, vibrant, your mind going. Right.
1: I, I read something is like. Ugh men that retired early have a higher mortality rate than men that retired later because and then i also heard something yeah. is that our mortality is longer right or not mortality our life expectancy is longer okay but the the period of time where we are unhealthy is longer as well oh okay. so if you look back i don't know uh, don't quote me on this, please.
2: <laughs> you don't have a study? <laughs> no, I just
1: barely. Yeah, I don't have a, a source. <laughs> <laughs>
2: then why say it?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I was listening to this podcast. I think it was actually Michael Kitches's podcast. Really? Okay. And the, the gentleman was saying, all right, well, here, this is what this study has found, or this group of people are studying this, Yeah, is that maybe 20 years ago, 30 years ago, let's say life expectancy was age 80, right? Okay. But they were unhealthy for maybe two years, as they passed away. Okay. Right? Now let's say life expectancy is age eighty-five, hypothetically. But right. now I'm not sick for two years; I'm sick for five years. Oh. So which is better quality? I don't. Oh, I don't sorry. want to be sick for five so, years and sorry. just be miserable. So I get
2: more time, but I'm going to be y- sick yes. and hating life. Yeah. Right. Trail. Okay. Frail.
1: <laughs> get a walker. No.
2: Well, I've I've just recently. Uh, become uh, i i heard about this show called better late than never and it's uh henry winkler bill shatner terry bradshaw and george foreman traveling throughout the world it is is the funniest thing you've ever seen. that is such an awful show it's It's don't say that it is it's one of the funniest shows i've ever seen but but bill shatner is uh he's 85 and he is is limber He's 85. Yeah, Captain we, Kirk is 85 years old. We had no old. idea because cause the other guys are are they're probably 70ish, late 60s, early 70s, and he's 85, and he's right in there with them, doing yeah. It's pretty amazing. So you can it, in your in, in, even in your mid 80s be pretty active as he is. There it Captain is. Kirk. Yeah, Bill. Yeah, you just have to. Fly I, I like him how to you start. call him Bill too. Like you guys are boys. Well, that's <laughs> well, call, Bill Shatner. They call him that on the show. So he and I know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure sure if I saw him on the street. I think you have the status as Bill Shatner. It's (laughs) Big Al and Bill. He would say, Big, is that Big Al? (laughs) Can I just call you Big? (laughs) Say, Bill, you Uh, can call uh, me anything you want.
1: Oh boy, I have so many lines after that, but we'd probably get kicked (laughs) off the
0: air. All righty. So that expert who says you should avoid Bitcoin is the highly respected Dr. Moshe Malevsky, professor of finance at the Schulich School of Business at York University in Toronto, Canada. So should you take Dr. Malevsky's advice? Joe's right, we're getting a Bitcoin blockchain expert on the show. Listen to next week's podcast when the fellas learn all about altcoin from Amanda B. Johnson, an internationally recognized expert on the world's most prominent cryptocurrencies and the world's first freelancer to be paid via blockchain. Amanda will tell us everything we need to know about Bitcoin, Ethereum, Blockchain, and the rest, next week on Your Money, Your Wealth.
2: This is for uh, business owners, and you may have heard if you have a small business, what they call a pass-through business, which is, it's an S-Corp, it's an LLC, it's a partnership, it's a sole proprietorship. The, The main point here is these are businesses where the profits get taxed on your own personal tax return, which is probably... The majority of small businesses. Uh, the, the other choice is a C corporation where the corporation itself pays its own tax. That's usually reserved for larger corporations. Not always, but anyway, the pass-through corporations, we've got a lot of small business owners in Southern California uh, and across the country. And the this new tax law, there's a 20% uh, reduction of profits. In other words, if you make $100,000 of profit, in your partnership in your LLC in your sole proprietorship the IRS says you can take a $20,000 deduction a write-off. And now there's all these weird limitations. And, and the, the main limitation is the 20% reduction of profits in your business. And this is net profits. Gross income, 150000 That's what you get from your customers. You have $50,000 of expenses. Your profit's 100000 So you get to take 20% of $100,000. But you, the, the first limitation is... It, it has it can't be any more than twenty percent of your net, if, if taxable income. So if you only have business income, no other income, your taxable income is going to be lower because of the standard de- deduction or itemized deductions. So you're going to be limited to twenty percent of that. But there's these weird breakpoints. Like if you're single and you make less than your taxable income is less than one hundred fifty-seven thousand five hundred. Uh, what happens is you get this 20%, but if it's in excess of that, now it's uh, now you have to decide are you a service business or not, and there's completely different rules on service business. So versus...
1: the 157.5 limitation is only for service business?
2: Well, no, it's for the other business because there's new limitations. So so let me start with the service business, and that's that's like a, a, an accountant, an attorney, uh, pretty much anyone that's that's using their their skill, I guess, to provide some kind of service. That that's kind of a kind of a vague definition, but that's kind of how they defined it, to be honest. But so a cert, so in a service business, if you're single, hundred fifty-seven thousand below that, you get that twenty percent reduction course, it has to be at less than 20% of net income. You got that limitation. But once you're over 157, if you're married, it's 315000 then it starts phasing out. And so there's this period of time where you only get a partial deduction. And, and for example, let's say you're single 157000 and the phase out is $50,000 of income. So if you've got $25,000 of extra income, you only get a 10% deduction. And in the, in the same way for a married couple, if you're the face out period's a hundred thousand dollars, if you're halfway, fifty thousand of extra income, you only get to to deduct a ten percent deduction. The reason I ten percent. Yeah, ten percent. And the reason I bring all this up is there's this weird tax rate, and I'm and I'm gonna sort of call it this this acceleration of tax when you're over those amounts because now you're not only when you add a dollar of income, not only do you pay tax on that, but you're also reducing it deduction at the same time, which means that now tax planning is going to be actually more important than ever because there's we sometimes illustrate tax brackets as stair steps. There's stair step up. The more income you make, the higher the tax. You kind of keep stair stepping up. And then there's going to be a range where there's a big, Big step, and then it's going to go back down again at a certain income rate. And so the point is if you're anywhere near that high tax, then you're going to want to come up with tax deductions to be able to bring yourself off of that so that you can be in a much lower tax bracket. On the other hand, if you haven't made it to those figures, you've got some you've got some room, and you might want to add income either in your business or Roth conversions. There's going to be all kinds of interesting planning this year for small business owners.
1: Yeah, but creating deductions now is even a little bit more challenging because you're only really on the Schedule A um, where you have your itemized deductions. You got medical expenses that's right. still allowable. Yes. Right. Then you got your state. Federal or state tax and property tax, but that's only limited to 10,000. $10, it caps you. Yeah.
2: And then you have charitable deductions. Right. Yes. And then miscellaneous is gone. But probably the biggest one, Joe, would be your retirement plans. So a lot of uh, small business owners don't have retirement plans. So
1: setting up like a defined benefit plan, yes. maybe, a, may, maybe a Maybe you a start with a simple K IRA, plan.
2: a solo 401k, a safe harbor 401k. And if you're making pretty good money, a defined benefit plan, I think you're going to see a bunch more defined benefit plans because of this. Because when you put, let's say, $100,000 in it, and you think you're in the 24% tax bracket, but all of a sudden you saved – Thirty-seven thousand, because now you're getting a double benefit. You're you're saving the tax rate, but you're also you're you're getting more you're getting of a you're more of your deduction, which then lowers your tax rate further. further.
1: Right. And a defined benefit plan is a little bit different than a defined contribution plan, where the defined contribution plan is it's it's simple as it's well your contributions are defined, like you're familiar with the 401k plan. You can put in your eighteen thousand five hundred this year. Um, and then, if you are over fifty, you get a catch up. So twenty four five is the maximum. Right. So that's a, the contribution. A defined benefit plan it re engineers it. So if I'm a small business owner, I'm going to have I I got to get actuaries involved and say, hey, I want to retire at sixty seven years old, and I want to create a hundred thousand dollars income from my pension. You're creating your own defined benefit pension plan. And so then they back the numbers up and say, well, given your age, given your income, and you want to develop a hundred thousand dollar income out of this, you can fund this with a lot more money. Right. So you're not tied to the defined contribution limits. You can actually fund it with a lot more capital, and so that creates a tax deduction. It does. And so it depends on if they have excess cash, if you know how profitable those businesses are, and I think a lot of times people shied away from those because, all right, well, it's complicated, there's a little bit more expense, and then we would run cost analysis, and they're like, yeah, that just seems like a pain. But now, uh, you might get a double whammy by really taking a look at setting up some of these retirement accounts.
2: Um, even if you have to fund employees and everything else, you really have to r- run the numbers. I, I Like I say, I think it's going to be more beneficial, and with those defined benefit plans, it's uh, the, the older you are, the, the generally, the more you can put into these plans. So it's, think of it this way: if you want a hundred thousand dollar benefit and you're 25 years old, it's you you have 20, you have 30 years plus to, to fund, fund that. Now, if you're 65 and want to retire at 70 and you want a hundred thousand dollars of benefit to be able to get there, you you have to put a lot in, maybe a hundred thousand, maybe two hundred thousand, maybe three hundred thousand per year to get there, and all that's a tax deduction.
0: It really comes down to taking control of your taxes. This new tax law was sold to us as a simplification and we're finding it's anything but. That said, there are many, many opportunities to save on taxes with this new tax reform. It's just a matter of understanding the laws. We've updated our forward-looking tax-efficient analysis so you can find out how you can pay fewer taxes than ever before. In this tax reduction analysis, you'll discover the techniques that are specifically designed just for you, particularly if you're a small business owner. There's a lot you can do with this new tax law to. Keep more of your hard-earned money in your own pocket. There's no cost and no obligation, so you really have nothing to lose. Call for your complimentary personalized tax reduction analysis at 888-994-6257. That's 888-994-6257. Now, if you've got a burning money question, just call 888-994-6257 for a chance to talk to Joe and Big Al and have your question answered live during Your Money, Your Wealth. That number again is 888 994 6257. Of course, Joe and Big Al are always willing to answer your email questions at info at purefinancial.com, or you can send them directly to joe.anderson at purefinancial.com or alan.clopine at purefinancial.com.
1: So, this is from John. Okay. And uh, John asked this question He inherited a condo from Living Trust. Granter and self were trustees. Will transfer of ownership cause property tax reassessment higher? Can I keep the trust going to avoid or roll into a new
2: trust? Okay, so he, he inherited a condo from a living trust. Well, the,
1: uh, I, I guess put it in layman's terms, I like a grantor himself, <laughs> John. <laughs> so it's so he inherited a condo that was in a living trust,
2: right? Right. Presumably his parents, let's just say. I would assume something like that. That wouldn't have to have been, but that's most likely. But he was also a trustee of the trust. Yeah, and so maybe parents, at a certain point, they they wanted him to take care of their affairs, so he's the trustee. Right. And you know some of these legalese get a little bit confusing
1: if you've never had a living trust before. Right. And what a living trust basically is, is that you're just transferring title of real property. So it could be um, your primary residence, a rental property, it could be a brokerage account. Right. Um, Instead of having it in your name or joint or joint, tenants or um, whatever you you want to title it in the name of a living trust and why people do that is that it avoids the probate process that's all it does
2: yeah so you pass away if you don't have a trust if if, if it's over what 150,000 170,000 yeah. we're not attorneys something just in that range there, right? yeah i'm not sure the exact number but if it's over the the specified level then it has to go through the court system, and that's called probate. And so the executor of the estate has to go in front of a judge and say, here's, here's the will, and here's how I'm going to divvy it up, and the judge has to agree or disagree or do whatever ruling they want to do. And so not only does that take time and it costs money, but it's a public record. And so people set up trusts to avoid that whole thing.
1: Right. And so it just avoids the courts. Because now what happens is that this trust is that I'm the trustee, and in that trust, I'm naming in this legal document who I want my stuff to go to if I were to pass away. So I'm going to leave all of my assets to Big Al. right? So then I pass away. Big Al is my
2: beneficiary of the trust. Are they going to be over the limit? Am I going to be over what limit? Your assets are going to be over the limit? What you, limit? The, the 100, 150000 yeah, Probably yeah, not. I'll burn through that just just, just in
1: spite. Just wondering whether we even need a trust. <laughs> uh, well, look at the big wallet on Big <laughs> L. Just planning accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? Never mind. I'm not Deb. You're my beneficiary. I'm out of the well. <laughs> so, when I die, what happens is then the, bene, the the successor trustee, whoever I named to be the successor trustee, right. steps in. And was like, okay, well, now I'm the boss. What yeah. do I need to do? What's what, what, what's the direction? And I've already laid out the direction in the trust. Please give um, XYZ to right. so-and-so. Right. And so the successor trustee's job is then to, to distribute the money to the successor trustee's. Yeah. I mean, to the beneficiaries. Right. If you don't have that, no one really knows what the hell's going on. So then you have to go to the courts, and the courts look at everything and make sure. Right. And then you got to pay attorneys' fees and so on. Yeah. So back to his question, John. He inherited a condo. Okay. That the condo was titled in this living trust, right? And so the grantor, the grantor, all that is is the person who set it up, correct? And self <laughs> were trustees.
2: <laughs> the Grantor and self. I love grantor
1: that. and self. Uh, we're trustees. Well, transfer of ownership causes property tax reassessment. So that's what he's really concerned yeah, about. Yeah. So dad and mom had the condo. They bought it forty years ago for fifty thousand dollars. Right. They made some improvements. Maybe the property tax on it is a thousand dollars. Right. Now, when mom and dad died, he inherited it. Right. And so it's now worth five hundred thousand dollars. Right. So he still wants to keep that low property tax basis of a thousand dollars. So I believe if it's father, mother to child, there's the Prop sixty-five rule. Yeah,
2: it's, I think it's Prop sixty. Prop sixty. Yeah, or that's no, that's over when you're over fifty-five. <laughs> I don't have the prop number in front of me but I'll answer it this way. The answer is is yes, uh, you, there would be a reassessment in the property taxes for the value at the date of death except there is an exception and that's a mother-child exception. There's a pro- mother-father to the child. Parent-child. Parent-child. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Parent-child exception and I think it's is it a million dollars I think of, of property that can go down to the child and, and still keep the same property tax level? I, I, I should have, I should have known I, you should have told me the questions so I could look it oh, up before. No, this is the part <laughs> of the show that's so great. Anyway, but yeah, let's let's assume it was his mother or father uh, then he can claim that that uh, parent-child exception. It's I was gonna say it's prop sixty or ninety. I'm not sure if that's I think it's I think it's a different prop actually, but there's a proposition. Prob- prop that...
1: sixty five. <laughs> totally guessing.
2: Well it's let's, let's see I'll see if you're right as we're but, talking.
1: It's so uh, and I I guess to answer his other question is like can I keep the trust going to avoid or roll into a new trust? So there's benefits of keeping it in the existing
2: trust, depending on how that trust was drafted. Sure, I agree with that. Prop 65, by the way, is the Safe Drinking Water and Toxic Enforcement Act.
1: Yes, that's exactly (laughs) what I'm talking about. you
2: got to be a safe drinker (laughs) to get your property taxes in line. Just Yeah, so don't go to Prop 65. It's got to be another one. (laughs) So there might be a reason to keep it in the trust. Why is that? Well-
1: it depends on how that trust was drafted, but if I keep it in the existing trust, then it's I'm, I'm sheltered through for creditors.
2: Yes, then that, that is the benefit, and and a lot of people spend an awful lot of money trying to get uh, creditor protection when they're living, and it is possible you can you can set up these specialized trusts, and they're complicated. Uh, what Joe and I have, uh, we had someone on the air that talked about them, and uh, generally you're gonna you're gonna spend twenty five thousand or more to set them up. What, and, what
1: blind trust?
2: Yeah, blind trust. What was, it, what was his call? Yeah, it was. He had some other name. The I ultimate. Yeah, the ultimate trust. <laughs> the ultimate
1: badass <laughs> trust.
2: <laughs> anyway, and, and several thousand dollars per year to administer. But once you pass away... And if your beneficiaries get the asset in the trust, if they leave it in the trust, they have that protection already, which simply means this. They have full access to the benefits of the income or even principal. They can distribute it anytime they want to. But if it's in the trust and if they go bankrupt or they get divorced or whatever, that asset is not part of that. So it stays safe from creditors. Do they
1: have to file a tax return?
2: Yes, they do. So
1: now you're subject to trust tax rates.
2: You are. So right. you
1: just want to be careful to understand how all of that works.
2: And the way that you get around that, Joe, in most cases, is whatever the income you is, distribute you, you it. distribute it to the beneficiaries, so it's taxed on their tax rates. Because the problem is the trust tax rates, although they're the same rates as individuals, you hit the highest level yeah, at like about five thousand. Yeah, I was going to say eleven, twelve thousand dollars of income. It's not very much,
1: right? So you can kind of blow yourself up tax-wise fairly quickly. So there you go, John. Hopefully that answered your question. So we just need to figure out that the prop the, number, the, the parent-child um, exclusion to keep the prop or to keep the property tax basis. And you know, if people are listening to this in any other part of the country. They're like, "What the hell is prop?" It's <laughs> <That's laughs> a prop- proposition. So prop is what I is behind my boat.
2: Yeah, so. get it.
0: Oh, fellas. Proposition 58 is the California Constitutional Amendment, which excludes from reassessment transfers of real property between parents and children. Incidentally, California Prop 193 does the same between grandparents and grandchildren. Now, to avoid any confusion when a family member dies or becomes disabled, it's really important to be ready before it becomes necessary. Visit the white paper section of the Learning Center at yourmoneyyourwealth.com and download our free estate plan organizer. It's designed to help ensure that your assets and desires are carried out upon your departure. Find all the relevant information, fill out the forms completely, keep them up to date, and store them in a safe, easily accessible place for your heirs. To get your free estate plan organizer, just visit the white papers section of the Learning Center at yourmoneyyourwealth.com.
1: So this tax code, and I really don't want to go through the ins and outs of the new tax legislation. I got bullet one by more bullet.
2: Week. One through 60.
1: But if we could discuss maybe, um, because the game, let the games begin in a sense. Because yeah. there's going to be, um, and this is where it gets fun for Al and I, is that now we've had some time to dissect the code a little bit and then we start thinking of ideas and strategies to say all right well how can we utilize the code because the, the, the code doesn't tell us what we can do it tells us what we cannot do
2: right and then you have to kind of fill in the gaps and then yourself. you got to yes and right. you got to
1: fill in the gaps yeah and so and then we do a lot of research on some of the top minds in our industry to see what they're doing and what they're coming up with and so what is this new tr- um, charitable trap of saving money in
2: state taxes? Well, this is only an idea, so this is not um, this is not gospel yet, but our state of California, you and I live in Southern California, and uh, so what they're trying to do, Joe, as you know, as our listeners know, the new tax law limits our deduction for state and local taxes, any combination of state and local taxes and property taxes, to $10,000. And the state of California did a little analysis, and they found out that 2.5 million taxpayers in California claimed more than $10,000 in combined state and local taxes with property taxes. All right,
1: so what's the 2.5 million people? Yeah. How many people live here in California?
2: Well, that's 2.5 million tax returns, so that, that would include joint filers, too. So that could be, let's just call it 4 million people. Uh, I think L.A. alone has about 17 million people. And and San Diego, the greater San Diego, is probably three and a half, four million. I'm not sure about San Francisco. Bigger than San Diego, I think. So, yeah, it's probably, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of the percentage. 25, 30 million. So maybe 10%. 10%. Okay. Well, that's still
1: significant, right?
2: Yeah. So here's here's what our state is working on is like, well all right so you're not you're not allowed to take any more deduction than ten grand for state taxes property taxes what if california could set up its own charitable fund and you could actually donate to that charitable fund and they'd use that fund for roads and schools and basically that's anything that's in the california budget and they would then reduce your california taxes perhaps dollar for dollar so let's just say you have $20,000 $20,000 of California taxes, and you got $10,000 of property taxes. So the $10,000, you've already hit that, the maximum, maybe do that, your property taxes, and then before December 31st, you would, you would contribute $20,000 to this charitable fund to the state of California, and then you would get a charitable deduction on your federal return, thereby it's a, it's a tricky way to continue to deduct your state and local taxes. And then you would get a tax credit in California so that when April 15th came around, you wouldn't owe anything. You would have owed $20,000, but because you gave $20,000 to this charitable fund, it subtracts off the tax as a credit, and you don't end up owing anything. That's the idea. So, But you're still out to 20 grand. Yeah, you still got to pay the twenty. But what this does but is this, it allows I you can
1: choose who it, the
2: money goes to. Well, no, it it just allows you to deduct it on your federal return. You have to pay the twenty one way or another to state of California because that's your tax. Right. They're giving you an option to contribute it to them rather than pay a tax.
1: So all right, so I put the twenty thousand dollars into this charitable fund, and so then that wipes out my state tax. So yes. I don't owe anything to the franchise tax board. Correct. But then, in addition to that, I also received an additional twenty thousand dollar deduction on uh, my federal return.
2: Yes, yeah, so now on your federal return, you So have... I got
1: the ten thousand that was the max taxes. was property yeah,
2: tax. Correct.
1: Then I would able to now I'm able to receive the twenty thousand dollar deduction. So if As I'm a, in right. a thirty seven percent tax rate, yeah,
2: then that's pretty good savings. It's there. pretty good savings. I, I I don't have any idea whether this will fly or not my suspicion is it won't so this isn't law we're just talking here. no we're just it's just an idea oh it's just an idea we it's not it's not in the code uh, and it's there is some precedent for tax credits in other words if you want to designate X number of dollars of your tax liability to a certain fund it reduces your tax dollar for dollar this would just be an extreme case of it right, is, right, is right, what right, it would right, be right. now the federal government um, do you think they would like us doing this? I've, I've got to believe no. <laughs> so we're going to have to see if this works. And, and, and one of the things they're talking about is maybe it won't be a dollar for dollar credit. Maybe you do this to the donation fund and you get an 80% credit. And oh, so, yeah. and, and, but if you're in the highest tax bracket, it still works out to your benefit.
1: But here's what is so confusing to me. Is that two and a half million? So ten percent. Yeah, I think that's a fairly low number because what's the average cost of a home in Southern California?
2: Well,
1: California in
2: general, seven
1: hundred thousand. Yeah,
2: I know in San Diego it's probably between five and six hundred thousand. Los Angeles, San Francisco, higher. I would say.
1: All right, so you know, without Prop thirteen, right? So with some of the baby boomers and everything else, they have a little bit lower property tax if they lived in their house for thirty years, right? Right, and so yeah, I've met. With someone, hypothetically, they got a $1.4 million home, but their property taxes is about 4000 right, bucks because they, they bought it 30 years ago. Right. Right? Right. And so let's say you're a younger individual that is purchasing a home for the first time and you're buying a $500,000 house. Right. My property taxes are going to be over $5,000. Yes. Okay. And if I can afford a $500,000 house, I'm probably going to have state tax is higher than five thousand dollars yes I would you would agree. agree with that yes I would so it, it just seems to me that that number is going to continue to climb or unless people just you know younger people don't necessarily buy homes well and that's that's a concern right which is
2: in Canada and, and when i say by younger people i'm probably you know looking at 30 to 50 year yeah you're, it, well exactly because if you don't in fact there's a person in our office joe that, that that decided to back out of of his escrow partly because there was a flaw with the it, the part of it was was not permitted but but really the the one of the bigger reasons was because the tax law changed and all of a sudden the the deduction, the write-off wouldn't be the same, and it became unaffordable. Sure. And so he backed out of it. And I think you're going to see more of that, which is going to hurt real, the real estate industry in California. So our state legislatures are trying to come up with a workaround. Whether this can work or not, I don't know. But it's an interesting concept. And even uh, even our governor, Jerry Brown, here's what he says. He goes, um, I'm certainly open to it. It looks interesting. That's what our so, governor says. There you go.
1: Well, <laughs> well pretty much law now. <laughs> what else? Anything? Final thoughts, Big Al?
2: Well, the the uh, treasury just came out uh, this week and said that the uh, the the new tax withholding tables, reflecting the new tax law, the new new tax brackets, uh, will probably take effect in February. In fact, uh, it's, it's a requirement that employers uh, go ahead and use these new tables for withholding by February 15th, although they can use them earlier if they want to, voluntarily. And the idea here is that with lower tax rates, then there's going to be less withholding and the take-home pay will be higher, yeah. so people will have more money to spend and they'll feel wealthier and then that will improve the economy. That's the that's, that's the, the whole idea. crux of this that's, whole thing. That's the idea, right? So anyway, I guess expect a little bit higher net pay starting next month. So for some. For some. And then others? Others. Well. Not so much. I, 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 think I actually think most people will probably have less withholding, but if you live in a high-tax state like California— you're probably going to owe on April 15th. Mm. So be aware of yes. that. Yes. Because withholding is not the same as your tax bill. Withholding is just an estimate of what your tax bill is. And you settle up when you do your tax return. And if you don't have enough withholding, well, then you owe with your tax return on April 15th.
1: All right. And that's it for us. For Big Al and I'm Joe Anderson. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. We'll see you next week.
0: So to recap today's show, before collecting Social Security, talk to a retirement professional about it, in addition to talking to the folks at Social Security. Don't spend more in retirement unless you know for sure that you can afford it. And if you're a small business owner, the new tax law may be a good but complicated thing for you. And if you're in California, maybe you'll be paying your state taxes as a charitable donation in the future. Stay tuned. For more information or assistance on any of this stuff, call 888-994-6257. We may even put you and your financial question on the show live. Subscribe to the podcast at yourmoneyyourwealth.com through your favorite podcaster or on iTunes, where you can also check out our ratings and reviews. Listen next week for the basics of cryptocurrencies with Amanda B. Johnson on Your Money, Your Wealth, presented by Pure Financial Advisors. For your free financial assessment, visit purefinancial.com. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision.